0: Go to the scripture this morning. I think in my career as a pastor, this is the shortest scripture passage that has ever been read before a message. It's eleven words. I counted, it, Shannon. It's eleven words. And so, what I'm going to ask Shannon to do is to read it 16 times. <laughs> no, just twice. twice. Just twice. Let's okay. let's hear these words out of Proverbs. Hear the word of God. Iron sharpens iron. And one person sharpens the wits of another. One more time. Iron sharpens iron. And one person sharpens the wits of another. Holy wisdom, holy word. Thanks be to God. In the Old Testament era, when these words were written, iron was a very... um, unusual commodity and we think of iron today as something very solid and very strong and when in that time because of the way it was forged it was very fragile and it it makes more sense in this proverb if we understand the fragility of that metal back then if it was forged correctly it remains strong and could be used for almost anything including weaponry if it was not forged correctly It was very fragile, and at the slightest point of stress, could not only be broken, but shattered. As we look at symbols, symbols can be those things that strengthen us, and on occasion, if you think back on the symbols of life, symbols can also be those kinds of things that when forged incorrectly, or dangerously, or inappropriately, can shatter lives. Today I want to talk about symbols, and I I want to share that, you know, I went back and I looked at the Beeman family crest. Talk about defining. The Beeman family crest came out of uh, the 11th century, was created back then, and it was two griffin, you know, these clawed kind of almost cougar looking kinds of things that were facing each other like this. That does, in fact, define the Beeman family. The issue that I have with that crest, among the fact that they're facing each other like this, is, is that it's the wrong colors for this husky-loving kind of guy. I wanted them to be purple and gold, but they're crimson and orange, <laughs> and are the perfect match to the University of Southern California, you know, the ones that robbed us of our coach. I just want to sit with that for a second. <laughs> Symbols surround us. I, I think about Dorothy now. The, the beauty of our marriage, and I, I'm, I'm going to try hard not to keep doing this, but, but, but I'm English, and as purely English really almost as it gets. She's Scottish. Now I want you to think back through your history between Scotland and England. Here, let me just do something for you. <laughs> Dorothy's family is of the Stewart clan in Scotland, and the Stewart clan has a tartan, and it's a very specific tartan, and only those who are pure Stewart clan are allowed to wear this tartan. And again, an identifying piece of who they are as a family and that history and that heritage, and it's so important that we all have that, and it's, it's why there are other symbols that sur- are surrounding us. You ready, Bev? Let's see if you can identify this one. What, what is that? Okay. Why do you know that symbol? Uh, other than the fact that it, we, we built somewhat of an economy around this. But yeah, Starbucks. And there's a whole history behind this symbol. Let's go to the next one. And part of I, you know, my hope was that we weren't going to have words on these because it just makes it so pure. But that's what? And that's helped identify all of us, has it not? I mean, at a, at a time before a symbol that's coming up a little bit later. So the next one is Another one that for us who have grown up in the Seattle area, particularly the Seattle area, this has been a defining element for us. And I remember the day where the billboard was up there where the last person to leave Seattle, please turn out the lights. All had to do with this symbol. And now watching all of the complexities that are surrounding it right now as we look at North Carolina and other things and where is the wing gonna be built? But this is a defining element for us as well. Other symbols. I have to tell you that I'm a little slow. Stop nodding. It took me a lot of years to figure out that that symbol underneath that word was a smile. Oh, thank you for the O's. It's a smile. A to Z. You would know that, John. Even though, even though you're a Google guy, and I'm sorry I didn't put the Google up there. I'm, sorry. I'm very, very sorry about that. Okay, next one. I really, I, I yeah, there it is. <laughs> I did this one for Tom. So I just wanted to make sure that, that Tom was represented here. Tom is legal counsel for REI, and, and so got to have that. But it is defining of where we live. Now let's see if we can figure a few more out, like, okay, we can... This has changed my life, so now, okay, there's that one. This is a very significant symbol for, for many today. Any idea? One person saw that and said, it's got to be a golf course. Uh, the guy up there, if you watched me golf, you could put a little you know, bubble around that and use words that I cannot use in church. But it's not. It's geocache. It's a geocaching symbol. Next one. I mixed a couple of them up for this server. Oh, there we go. Yeah. What's that? Oh. Morton's salt and more. When it rains, what when it, rains it, pours. it pours. Yes. Okay. Bluetooth. The Bluetooth logo. You would know that one well, right? Yes, I would. Yeah, with Tom. Head- Absolutely. Next one. They are headquartered here in, in Seattle. That's right. Okay. Another yeah, one? This one. You know, you put somebody in control of things, and you suddenly realize you have no control. Some obscure football team somewhere in the middle west. Maybe it's the Middle East. Is it the the Middle East? Right? Yeah. Okay. Next. This is the most important one. What's that? That's the Cross and Flame of the United Methodist Church. Huh? UMC. This symbol was created in 1968, and I want you to look just down to the right at the bottom of the cross, and what is that? It's a copyright. It's a registered trademark. It's a registered trademark, and I'll come back to that in just a second. This was created in 1968 to symbolize a uniting between two denominations. In 1968, the Methodist Church combined with the Evangelical United Brethren Church and came together and created this symbol of unity. United by a small point in the flame, both denominations represented by the symbol of the Holy Spirit that was engaged and surrounded by the cross. Very significant symbol. Even more significant today, I think, just for us as a denomination. We are a denomination that is struggling right now to stay united. I will tell you again that as we head for 2016 and the gathering of the worldwide United Methodist Church, we are in some conflict. But what we have been able to do at this point in life is to, instead of splitting, of staying together, and 90% of those who have been surveyed, clergy and laity alike across the country, have decided that we need to stay united. You notice there is no separation in that flame, although sometimes the connection is small. That in no way diminishes the connection. We may be of two minds on a number of issues, but we are still connected and will stay connected as long as we count on the cross and the power of the Holy Spirit to guide us and move us ahead. I also think this symbol defines us as a church, aldersgate united methodist church we have two very distinctive worship services with two very distinctive styles and yet there is a connection those each of those services is defined by the cross and guided by the power of the holy spirit this is an incredibly powerful symbol As you all know, we've been in a time of kind of change and fluxing and flexing and doing those kinds of things. And my hope and prayer is that this symbol continues to be that point at which we can come back and be defined. And in the midst of that, there have been ongoing discussions about the signs on this campus. And I want to talk just briefly about those signs this morning. We have the sign out on Newport Way. And what are the two words? Uh, Just look up here. Grace happens. We have, we have really three, two wooden signs out here that, um, that also have Aldersgate United Methodist Church on them. At least the one down below does. A car took out most of the one up here. Um, and then there's this other sign, this fourth sign. It's this small blue sign, right, out there, just out the back driveway out on... Allen, what's the name of that road? Okay. Um Allen Road. Let me talk just briefly about each one of those signs. It was amazing to me to tell the story this morning at first service about David Tinney and the incident that happened. It's now, Dave and I just decided it was about 11 years ago. I thought it was about 10 years ago. And for those of you that may not be aware, let me just retell that story very, very briefly because it is what created that sign and that phrase. David was riding his bike with his daughter down Newport Way. And at a certain point, two young teenagers decided that as a terrible practical joke, one of the teenagers would stick their head out the door or the window of the car and push David. David was riding, if I remember, a clipless bike, clipless pedals, which means he was completely locked into his bike. Nobody expects to be pushed over the edge of a precipice when they're riding their bike along Newport Way, but he was. He was seriously injured and came close to death. I remember the phone call from Carol, his wife. We were down in Southern California at that time, and, and Carol's first words to me, once I recognized who she was, is, we're not sure he's going to make it. Uh, his, his shoulder was completely dislocated. I won't go into a lot of details, but he was really massively injured. And no one was sure what the internal injuries were of this. And the tragedy, among the tragedies in this, is the kids kept driving off laughing. And the daughter could hear them laughing as they were driving away. Um, To make a long story short, David came back and, and basically forgave those two kids. It was all over the papers, it was all over everything. And out of that emerged this statement these two words that, in that time, in the life of this church, defined who you were as a church. This is a place where grace happens, even in the midst of a tragedy as massive as that one was. There is something deeply sacred about that sign, deeply sacred about that sign and that history. Here's the challenge the two things that have occurred more often than not while I've been here as pastor, and believe me, remember, David and I are dear, dear friends. And we've talked through all of this in many ways. Is people will drive right by the church because they don't recognize that it says Aldersgate. What they see are the two words, grace happens. And so they'll drive right by the church. But here's the bigger piece. The bigger piece was what's come back to me from the community. Uh, and I mean non-church-going community and some church-going community. Now, we debated a lot about whether I say this word out loud. I'm not going to say it. I'm not going to say it. But it is the opposite of that phrase. It is the opposing, kind of diametrically opposed phrase of that phrase. And if you don't know what I'm talking about, think of the word hits, but move the S to the front. And people have come to me and they've said, My kids drive by that sign and guess what they say? The other phrase. And why do you as a church have a sign that forces my kids and me to think about that phrase? And you know what? What's so odd is none of us would necessarily ever go there. They do. At the same time, that sign is sacred and represents a time in history that is exceptionally important. And we need to keep pieces of that sign and certainly the heritage of that sign, but your assignment is, as we change out that sign, what do we do with the old sign? And I need you to think about that. Two wooden signs out here, both created by Eagle Scouts from this church. As Eagle Projects, as that culmination of incredible work that goes into being an eagle scout two families i think it's two that's what i hear Garnet, is that right Two, right and and both created a- as a service project for this church very much like the the barbecue pit and picnic table out here that was an eagle project these signs are incredibly sacred incredibly sacred this one was almost destroyed, and so it no longer says what we needed to say. This one doesn't show direction well, but these signs are sacred, and we need to figure out what to do with these signs as we replace them with new ones. And I need you to be thinking about what do we do with those two sacred signs. And between services, there were innumerable folks who came and offered suggestions around that the fourth sign is that little blue sign Uh, wherever you go and I guess in the world I I knew it was in the country but I I heard between services it's in the world that if you drive through any town anywhere in this United Methodist Church on the main street of that uh, of that town is going to be a little blue sign that has an arrow that points to the United Methodist Church I drove through Eastern Washington a couple months ago and by golly there they were in every single one of those small towns. Whip, there it is. The problem with this one is you can't read it anymore. It's not as though these signs don't necessarily identify who we are. More than anything, friends, what they do is they identify pieces of our history. And what we have been looking for is what are those signs that we can put out there that more readily identify who we are today as a church. And the pictures of the new signs are out here. We are making this change, but I'm asking of you to think about what do we do because I tell you, I, we're not going to just kind of toss these aside. These are pieces of sacred history for this church. Sacred history for this church. And so what do we do with these? And please, let's come together, let's talk about it, let's think about it. The, the new signs have been fully funded. I will tell you that now. And fully funded beyond what we need. And I thank you for any of you who may have helped with that funding. But we are going to move ahead with this, with these new signs. And just please think about what we do. These are symbols of who we are. The cross and the flame is a symbol of who we are. This table is a symbol of not only who we are, but also, as that is, what we are. In a time of incredible persecution, Christians found ways to self-identify that would keep them safe. Now we see them on the back of cars, and every time one cuts me off, I wonder, why in the world do you have a fish on the back of your car if you're going to drive this way? Symbols surround us. I want to end the sermon before, as we move into communion, by asking you again, what is the symbol, what are the symbols that define who you are? The little r at the bottom of the symbols that you saw is the registered trademark. What is your registered trademark? And I'm asking you to talk about this together. Among your friends or your family, what is that registered trademark of you and your family, of you? And my prayer is that it somehow incorporates this, that we are centered on the cross and defined and guided by the power represented in that flame, the Holy Spirit, we know that Jesus was. Even on the night that he knew that he was going to die, he took bread and he broke it, sitting among friends. And he said to those gathered around that table, that incredibly diverse group, this is my body, which is broken for you. Broken for you. As often as you eat of this, do it in remembrance of me. In other words, remember how I chose to live and live that way and be reminded by this every time you eat of this. And after the supper was over, he took the cup. And after blessing it, he passed it. And he said, this is the cup of the new covenant. And this new covenant will cost me my life. I've chosen to live sacrificially and to hold accountable those who would abuse. As often as you drink of this, do it in remembrance of me. In other words, Remember that this is how I chose to live my life. And as you take this in, every time you take this in, be reminded and choose to live that way as well.